calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome back to another episode of The Juice. I'm your host, Solomon Giorgio, comedian, writer, and Jessica Biel's body double in Flashdance. Today's guest is a multifaceted powerhouse. She's hilarious and has no problem keeping it real. She's a comedian, former co-host of the award-winning podcast, Two Dope Queens, a New York Times best-selling author and publisher with her own imprint, Tiny Reparations, and now lead actor and executive producer of her very own sitcom, Everything's Trash, on Hulu. Let's give a big, juicy welcome to the one and the only Phoebe Robinson. Hi, Solomon. It is so good to see you. Likewise. It's been a minute. You are the the hardest working Busiest person. <laughs> I had the benefit of watching us from our humble beginnings and slowly watch you become this beautiful explosion of wonderment. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I am <laughs> oh so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are. I hope you are. I would think you would be a monster if you weren't tired. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I want to marry a rich guy so I can take a nap. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> Girl, I'm I'm racing through that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is too much. I'm tired of creating mm-hmm. things. I like... Yeah. When I, I remember that when Cher had that quote, like, I, I am the rich man. I'm like, how about... I, I love that for her. I, do I need that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was cute, like, in my 20s, but now at 38, I'm like, Cher, you wrong, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're just rolling back the the, the clock on feminism. (laughs) 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 Wait, when did we meet? We met, was it like a decade ago? Let's not, let's not do that to ourselves, because it's probably been longer than that. (laughs) Because I I think we started, did we start comedy the same time? Year? I started in 08. I started in 07. Okay. So I had like one Bush year before I got to enjoy Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know I contemplated going to Washington when Obama got elected, but then I was like, it's going to be so annoying to like go there. So I didn't go. And now I'm like, you fucking idiot. It was like the first black president. And look, based on this way, we don't know if we'll get another one ever again. I know. What was I thinking? I was like, oh, I want to be so tired and like, oh, I have to like take a bus down that I can barely afford. It's like, it's mm-hmm. fucking history, dog. 
Yeah, yeah I was I was so hopeful. I was dancing <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Were you in New York at that time? I was in New York. And what I remember, I remember a few things about that night. What I re- distinctly remember watching CNN and Will I mm-hmm. Am was had that like weird hologram moment. Do you remember yes. that? Oh, what was that? That was weird. I, yeah. I'm barely remembering it. It was that that album, The End, just came out. So that yes. was yeah, that was weird. Like, that and was, I'm like, we don't need to upstage Barack Obama <laughs> with a fucking hologram. Will I am like that's the thing. That's the moment. <laughs> Do your hologram business next week, okay? Oh, my God. But, all right, so the show, my show is definitely, it's about gossip. I like gossip from just local fun places. And I know you're Ohio, right? Yes, I'm from Cleveland. How long were you there before you went to? I left when I graduated high school. So I was 17 going on 18 because I'm a September baby. So I turned 18 in New York. So it's been 20 years. Damn. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, that's I, I I apologize for putting numbers uh out there. But I'm more, I'm 40, so I've already I've already overcame the uh the damage of the of that 20-year high school reunion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to say I'm really looking forward to turning 40. How I did you feel about it? I think it's the best thing you'll ever experience in your life. It is truly this level of joy and comfort you have with yourself. Because mm. people make it make life sound so much shorter than it actually is. Life is very long. Yes, so long. <laughs> there are so many chapters to it. And I feel like the way I was, the concept of the 40 as you're younger makes it sound like your body is collapsing. <laughs> uh, and I just realized that I've been listening to white people talking about their bodies <laughs> collapsing. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> that's not my genetics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Some some whites just yeah. age not so great. They yeah, my knees aren't know. like my twenties. They're not that way. But yeah. like I'm comparing my knees to twerking knees. <laughs> They're still good. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm compared, like in comparison to like my knees when I was twenty, I can drop it and break it back up again. Yeah, that's different. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a su- I was a superhero. I, like. I, I have regular human knees now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. You will love it. I think it's like it's at a certain sort of like it's a wonderful freeing thing because you sort of stop being so harsh on yourself with certain mm. like with certain milestones with age. OK, I'm looking forward to it. OK, great. Let's let's go back to Ohio. I grew up in the, the suburbs of Cleveland and... It's like a thing, like, if I wanted to have kids, like, I get why you would want to raise your kids there because it's like, you know, there are good schools and, mm-hmm. you know, just like, I'm always astonished by people who grew up in cities, like, like people who are like kids in New York City. I'm like, I feel like you just grow up so fast. Yeah. And I think they're just by product of being in the suburbs, I think there is sort of... Um, an instinct by parents to like want you to just be a child for as long as you possibly can, which I think is like nice because I think also about like sort of being a child is sort of like your imagination and sort of not putting pressure on yourself to be whatever you're supposed to be as an adult. So Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed my time, but I was definitely like, 
Cleveland is holding me back. I'm going to come to New York like Felicity did. And I'm going to wear chunky sweaters and make out with guys. And like that's, I was like, let's go. Obviously, gossip is a culture everywhere. What was it like uh, in your family growing up and like just in the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, like, I I know, like, oh, I've had, like, cool career highlights in my mm-hmm. life, like Michelle Obama or becoming friends with, like, Bono, but I am kind of a boring person. But as a kid, I very much loved Entertainment Tonight. I watched oh. that show every single night. John Tesh, Mary Hart, did it, did it, did it, did it. Access Hollywood, like, I just loved watching those tabloid TV shows. Yes. Hard copy. Yes. But, you know, like, Entertainment Tonight still felt like journalism to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> it, because it came on right before the news. Yes. It, it, it came, that was the last tabloid show before the news. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay, this has a very sort of Woodward Bernstein vibe to it. It did not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel Well, they like- also, Mary Hart and John Tesh gave off real, like, anchor vibes. Yes. They, they, like, they would have transitioned into real news if they wanted to. They took it so seriously, and so did I. And, like, so I think that was sort of my way of dabbling in gossip because I like to run a tight ship. I don't like people talking about my business. But, like, (laughs) I'm like, yes, let me know what's going on with the cast of Friends around 1998. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all about that. Were you, like, the quiet type in school then? I was a person who sort of could, like, float between any sort of group. Oh, we call those the popular kids. I don't know if you know that. Uh, But here's the thing. I wasn't popular. Like, I never had a boyfriend. I never, you know, I wasn't. Here's the thing about how popularity works (laughs) that I need you to understand is, because I've had this discussion with many popular kids who didn't realize they were the popular kid. They say stuff like, I floated amongst the groups. I didn't really cause it. That means everyone liked you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have to understand, those of us who were nerds in high school, we weren't floating from group to group. <laughs> and, and, and finding moments to hang out here and there. We stayed in one side and one side only. Okay, that's fair. I will mend the statement and say, I think I was popular, but like my parents ran a tight ship. So like yeah. I, I didn't go to like high school parties or any yeah. of that stuff. They were like really wanted me to focus on school. Um, but I was always kind of the person, I wasn't a class clown because I had dignity. Like, I'm like, I was not desperate. (laughs) That is the energy of a popular kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this conversation because at the amount of times I've made a popular kid have a revelation that they were a popular kid. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm not surprised. You are a cool person, so. Oh, thank you. I mean, I just really was like a person who like, I think because I never wanted to do anything in comedy, I was always Mm -hmm. just sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm funny. And I'm just like, you know, I I could drop like a one liner or whatever, but I never latched on to like, oh, you're funny. It should be a career. I just was sort of that was just kind of my personality, you know? Yeah. Like what what, what was like what got you to that point? Like what made you because I was also the same. I was never intentionally funny growing up. Uh, Like every time anyone laughed at me, it wasn't. It was I wasn't part of that process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the road to that? Yeah, so you know, I always thought I was gonna like write and mm-hmm. um produce like really serious 
Academy Award kind of movies. You know what I mean? Like I watched Mm -hmm. American Beauty and I remember being like, oh my God, that trash bag floating in the wind (laughs) is me. (laughs) You you wrote the word, you literally wrote uh, firework that day for Katie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was so pretentious, but I truly was like, I think deep down I wanted to perform, Mm -hmm. but I was like, no, it'd be like so cool to like create these sort of like prestige kind of movies. And then, so I went to Pratt Institute and I studied um, writing with a focus towards screenwriting. Yeah. And then I was, I did improv on like the school's like improv team. And I remember Chris Gethard, came and like taught us a couple of times, which was like really cool. But yeah, that's it was so cool. And then, but when I graduated, I was like, oh yeah, you're gonna like, you know, make your way up through like, you know, the film industry. Mm-hmm. And so I was working at Picture House, which was like an indie film company for New Life Cinema in 2008. And one of my close friends from college, her, her name is Lindsay, she was thinking about taking a stand-up class because she always wanted to try it. Oh, and I was sure. like, yeah, and I was like, oh, stand-up is like, Dumb. Like, I just didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, in abstract, it is dumb. It's so dumb. Like, what are we doing? But I, like, I knew who, like, you know, Margaret Cho and Chris Rock were, but I never saw that as a path for myself. And she was like, well, you hate your day job, and this is only, like, eight weeks, so this would be a fun distraction. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I took a class at Caroline's on Broadway, July 2008, and that just changed everything. I was like, I love this. And I just really, that changed my whole life. I think the open mic scene that when we start in is usually the most insane situations we've ever been in. Yeah. There's a few people that I remember from my open mic scene uh, that were just like crazy drop-ins. Like we had the guy that we call the Russian. (laughs) He did did impressions, uh, (laughs) but his voice wouldn't change. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. It was truly the most chaotic. He's just like, and that is so-and-so, and it's just his voice. <laughs> that is it so was, funny. I laughed hysterically, and do you, do you recall any of those insane moments? Yeah, I just recall, like, doing bringer shows. So people who are listening, bringer shows, basically you have yeah. to bring warm bodies in, in exchange mm-hmm. for— Time because nobody wants to see someone who just started doing stand up three yeah. weeks ago. And this is how a lot of comedians lose uh, their friends. Yes. Uh, because we're like, hey, <laughs> come to my show over and over again because uh, it's the only way I can do time. And then eventually your friends go, I don't want to live this life with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was the first or second bringer show I did yeah. at Gotham Comedy Club in, in Manhattan. And Tyra Banks was in the audience. And for whatever reason, <laughs> all of us comments were like, oh my God, Tyra Banks is here. Oh, it's Tyra. It's Tyra Banks. And it's like, she doesn't do anything in comedy. Like she's not, yeah. it's not like the booker for Carson, but we were all yeah. like, Tyra Banks is here. We have to like crush for her, which mm-hmm. is like, in retrospect, who gives a shit? But <laughs> I think- It's so important to us when we first, when we first started. It's the most important thing. Yes, but that was a thing that I didn't realize about doing stand-up. It was like, you would just do, like, these hole-in-the-wall shows. And then, like, I did stand-up in front of Moby. Mm-hmm. I did stand-up in front of, like, Paul Giamatti. And he was like, oh, you were so funny. It's just like, why is Paul Giamatti at Joe's <laughs> Pub on a Tuesday night at it's- 9 p.m.? Oh, there's, I think, Diane Keaton once confused me for another black comedian. <laughs> 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 
That's amazing. <laughs> and so I but, think the thing for me with that is like, you know, you, you tell your parents that. And so my parents are being like, oh, so you're doing sold out shows and you're making all this money. And it's like, no, I'm very, very broke. So I think it took a while for my parents to sort of understand. They're like, OK, you're doing all these shows. You're going out six, like six nights a week. And like, you can't pay your bills. Like, I don't understand what this is. And so that was always, that's always, it's kind of like a mind fuck, I think. Because it's like, there's almost no other industry where you have to work that hard, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you're not making money. Like I would say for the first, I probably didn't start making true money doing stand up like consistently until 2017. So that's nine years. What other industry? (laughs) But I was like almost, yeah, I was like 2017. I was like a decade in. Yeah. When I was finally able to (laughs) even exist as a person. It's like getting your doctrine in something. With hecklers, (laughs) with drunk hecklers. I have a PhD in telling (laughs) dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I get paid more than a doctor now, so what? Uh, go out there and help people, you idiots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dummies trying to take care of other people's health. I don't recommend it. I make people worse. <laughs> Did you, were you mentioning a piece of gossip earlier that you wanted to say over here? So, as we all know, I'm a boring Betty, but... <laughs> Which is I, an absolute <laughs> lie. She was a popular person in high school. and <laughs> But, you know, from time to time, I do set Google alerts for myself, you know, just... Especially when I'm promoting something, because I yeah. just want to make sure, like, the PR. But I'm not, like, checking myself every... All the time. But I did <laughs> see that... The the rumor is that my net worth is fourteen million dollars. That is insane. Mine I'm is like- seven million dollars, <laughs> and I'm like, where the fuck is this money? <laughs> I'm like, my show is on Freeform, which is a network most people don't know exists. How do I have fourteen million dollars? Where's this fourteen million dollars? <laughs> There's this one where my net worth, and they also like, they guess where I was born wrong. My birthday oh, is another day. Like they, <laughs> most of it I don't give a shit about, but they guessed that I was born in Linwood, Washington. And I was like, okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> the audacity. I lived there for six months <laughs> and worked hilarious. at Jay Z Penny. That was it. <laughs> it's on my IMDb page. <laughs> No. It says it on my and I have to just be like, oh, I guess that's just the way that's gonna be. <laughs> I just feel like when people get facts wrong to that degree, especially when it comes to money, mm-hmm. they're like everyone thinks you have a shit ton of money and they treat you differently. And it's like, I really don't. Like I if I don't continually work, the wheels will fall off, you guys. Oh, like yeah. this isn't I, I I don't have a skims, I don't have a <laughs> You yeah, know, no. I don't have If any I take of that. a break, this falls apart. Yes. This wig room, gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be selling my wigs. I would be selling. And that's. <laughs> Listen, I have YouTube merch that has been signed by Bono that I will sell immediately. See, that's. Look, you have Done. a fallback plan. <laughs> <laughs> Your fallback is better than my fallback. That's worth more money. 
<laughs> but it's these just wigs so... are synthetic. People can get <laughs> <laughs> to me. It's so funny that this my financials are so grossly misrepresented because for the longest time I was so broke and I held so much yeah. shame about being broke and like never wanted to admit it to anyone. Mm-hmm. And like I do think that when we're making career gains. Yeah. The assumption automatically is like, oh, you're set for life. You don't have to work anymore. You're like a gajillionaire. And it's so like, it's not not true. true. It's like you pay for your agent. You pay for your lawyer. Literally every person. 25% of your income is already gone. Uh, yes. The cost of living where you are is expensive. I think just people just assume just like one TV appearance is like millions of dollars. I'm like, no, it's barely $1,500. But in a day. My life is pretty great, so I can't really complain that much. You guys can guess that I'm making too much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, everything's good, but I am also like, you know, like when I do red carpet appearances, it's like I'm coming out of pocket for hair, makeup, yep. and styling. Yep. Like people, do, I'm like, do you think that like designers are just dressing me? Because no. they're not. They're no. not. I'm not Zendaya. They're not just tripping over themselves to dress me because I had a podcast, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, I'm just always like everyone, not everyone, but the majority of people who are in the spotlight have way less money than you think they have. Yes, it's very true. Uh, I've learned that a lot. And it also, a lot of things don't pay uh, (laughs) that we have to do. A lesson that I learned many times over. But um, you know what? The great thing is I know how to be poor and I'm very glad that I know how to be. (laughs) Yes. Like it, that's uh, that I, I was so ashamed of it for my whole life, and I think that's the benefit of where I'm at now is that I know that I have a skill set mm-hmm. that if you you take everything away from me, you can't get rid of me because yes. I I will survive. Yeah, and it's just you know I mean so much of the shame I don't know what it was for you, but I think for me it was tied a little bit to self worth, yeah. but it was also more tied to like oh, this shouldn't be happening to me. I went to school. Mm -hmm. I'm a smart person. I'm a good person. So it was becoming this sort of like moral judgment of myself as opposed to like to pursue a career in entertainment. If you are not a rich kid, don't have nepotism, Mm -hmm. it is fundamentally going to be difficult and you're most likely going to go into debt in order to make it. And I think that's the thing that like we always associate our finances with success. Mm-hmm. And also we also lose track of the joy of the journey and what we're doing because we are creators. And the best you can ever do in this world is create something. And if it sells, great. But in the, the day, the happiest I've ever been and probably was me, was me and my poorest getting to go to open mics and yeah. figure out how to tell jokes. And that is the truest wealth I've ever had in my entire life is that I got to cultivate, create, and participate in this wonderful, amazing community. Oh, that wow. moment of sincerity was like- Did I say like... that? Where did that come from? I don't, uh, that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be too sober. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phoebe, it's time to read a couple of the juicy submissions we got from our listeners. It's it mailbag time. I have a couple of submissions here and we're going to rate them. There's three okay. ratings. Dry, boring. That's the dry is the first rating. Uh, not worthy of our time. Uh, moist. We're tantalized. We're, yeah. we're having a good time. We're getting somewhere. And the last one is fully juiced. We are. 
Our seat is soaked. We are happy. It is salacious. It is delectable. It is the best we've ever heard in gossip. Love it. And here is the first submission. Okay. As a teenager, I babysat for this one woman and her unfortunately washed up horse jockey husband and also worked at a golf club. I started seeing the woman bring her children in for golf lessons with the club's hot golf pro. Few months later, Miss Ma'am was embroiled in a messy and expensive divorce because, drumroll please, uh, she was pregnant by the golf pro. (gasps) (laughs) They're still together and both sleep around on each other 24-7. Messy, messy. (laughs) Here's the thing. First of all, I'm, was it, I'm I'm fully juiced. Sufficiently soaked. Yeah, this is. I feel like these are two... Trash monsters who found each other. <laughs> and I'm like, great. I'm like, listen, if you guys both know who you are, you're in love, you're like, I'm going to do my dirt, you're going to do your dirt, mm-hmm. and you're still together, great. Great. It worked yeah. out for them. To me, it's just an open relationship, and everybody uh, isn't that informed in that, and they're just like, what's going on? I'm like, they yeah. do what they do, and don't you worry about it. <laughs> but I wonder how the kids feel. I don't think the kids know. Look, how are you aware of people that were cheating when you're growing up? Because I feel like there was a lot of adultery occurring around me and no one informed me when I was a child. Not with my parents. Well, my parents too, uh, but... (laughs) 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 My dad definitely cheated. uh, (laughs) And I I knew that. Uh, Like whenever I hear like, they got in a fight and she moved out. And that's all the information I'd get. Oh. I always feel like... Because a friend and I, somehow we were texting and then we like got on the subject of like Gary Owen and we're like trying to figure out why he's getting a divorce. And I'm like, he had to have cheated. Um, But that's been denied. But I'm like, he probably did. But I'm always just like, I feel like if you've been married that long, can't you just be like, let's just take a time out. Like, I feel like this, not to pick anyone in the Real Housewives universe as sort of an example of how we should live. But I feel like, I feel like Meredith Marks and her husband Seth took a break, dated other people, saw that like, okay, but they, they got their fun in and then they came back together. Why is that? And I know everyone on the show like throws at her face, but I'm like, that to me actually feels Healthy. super adult. If you've been married for 20 years, Sometimes you just need a break, I would imagine. So why isn't that just socially acceptable? I agree uh, full-heartedly. I don't know who these people are. Um, <gasps> Wait, do you not watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? It is so I, I, good. I, 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 I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am unfortunately one of the few homosexuals in the world. <laughs> that is. <laughs> and it is a cult uh, of gays. <laughs> I absorb a certain amount of information. I yeah. just uh, don't know what any of it means. <laughs> it is so, it's just so good. I would say dabble. If you're going to take a stab, mm-hmm. watch a couple of episodes of Real Housewives of Potomac because it's so I, good. I think I've seen one and I know I'm, here's the thing is I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yes. And I'm now in the time in my life where I'm allotted so much free time. <laughs> <laughs> And there's so much of it, and it's going to occupy every second of it. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So, Sorry to derail us, but I just feel no, like— No, it's perfectly fine. 
we're up, we're still on topic. But we that's fully juice. We've worked with yes. that's thank you for that submission. Um this next one. Uh so here we are. <clears throat> we okay. went to my cousin's wedding. She had saved up money for years for it, and it was beautiful. But the wedding itself was super uncomfortable. The bride and groom wouldn't look at each other during the ceremony. And at the reception, they stayed on opposite sides of the room from each other. And my cousin, the bride, got hammered on tequila shots and chain-smoked cigarettes the whole time. Come to find out a few months later that they've broken up the night before the wedding, (gasps) but went through with it anyway because her deposit was (laughs) non-refundable. Why do they keep... (laughs) Oh my God! <laughs> this is this is not the first time I've heard something like this, and it is wow, absolutely wild. I mean, I'm trying to imagine myself in that position, mm-hmm. and I get it. Ideally, you would have broken up way earlier in the you mm-hmm. know wedding process. But then I think maybe they just both were like trying to make it work and they just realized they couldn't. I feel like breaking up the night before a wedding probably would feel so embarrassing that it's just easier to divorce like six months later. Yeah, I think like that whatever they broke up for is definitely something cataclysmic. Yeah. And honestly, if I was at a wedding where the bride and groom are openly unhappy, I would be having the time of my <laughs> life. <laughs> she mad as hell over there. <laughs> I would I would be dancing the whole night and I'd be checking in on them every hour. Just I'd have be such a good time. So, but my thing is, is like, so they're doing the vows. They're not really looking at each other. Don't, I know I've seen this in movies, but don't you also have that moment where like, if anybody wants to object to this wedding, like, that's, Wouldn't uh, someone be like, y'all don't <laughs> fucking like each other. What are we doing? That's, that's actually a lot of ceremonies don't do that. Uh, oh. But that is a, I think that's an option that we should bring back. Yes. Um, I, think, I think you should, uh, but also I think mostly because, yeah, people don't want the op- anyone to have the opportunity <laughs> to oppose their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually fully messy that someone came up with that idea that <laughs> at the last minute you could just disrupt someone's wedding and be like, I don't think y'all should be together. That's crazy. And I think what happened is that there's a lot of people like me in the world who take that opportunity uh, <laughs> and not waste it. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> I'm going to say I'm juiced by this. Yeah. And I'm so curious, like, do they do a first dance together? Like, yeah. I, I, do they cut the cake together? Like, what happened? Is there video of this wedding and can you send it to me is yes. what I'm asking for. Because I, <laughs> the way I would have been at that ceremony laughing my ass off, but like under my breath at a church, like I, when I was a kid, I would have lost myself. I love you know, in stand-up when we're first starting and it, after you're doing comedy for so long, you either love insanely good comedy or painfully uncomfortable bad comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if I was there, I would have zero control of myself because this is… Watching people be uncomfortable is the most hysterical thing for me to witness. I just am like trying to imagine her walk, walking down the aisle towards him. I'm just imagining her just like looking like she's about to curb stomp him. Yes! <laughs> On the way up. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just just mad as hell. 
Just <laughs> face forward like this bitch. I just so sick of this damn man. I, this is this is fully juiced to me. If you have any footage, please send it to me. If you have any more details, I would love to hear it. This is perfect gossip. <laughs> love this goss. Love this goss. And that is the mailbag. Thank you so much for sending in your email. All right, Phoebe, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the juice line. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to The Juice. I'm here with the incredible, the talented, the wonderful Phoebe Robinson. All right, Phoebe, now's the time in our show when we go to the phone. We call it The Juice Line, and I'm hearing from our board operator that today's caller is Nicole. Let's patch her in. Please hold. Thank you. Hello. Hello, Nicole. Uh, I'm here with the wonderful Phoebe Robinson, uh, and I know you have a piece of gossip, and clearly that's what I feed off of. So yes, the floor is yours. <laughs> I do. So yeah, I'm from Salt Lake City, so that's where our lovely story takes place. I heard you all were talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Oh City yes, we were. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm Team <laughs> Meredith Marks. I love it all. Oh yes. 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 Yes, I love that show. Yeah, my dad's cousin has been in a few episodes. She's not the main <gasps> cast, oh. but wait, who? Wait, so who is I'm she? Slightly connected. Her name's Angie Katzenavis. She was um, hosting the party <gasps> Jen had recently. Yes, for for Coach Shaw. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. yes. So that's my family. <laughs> so it's a small city. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> So yeah, basically the story is about one of my childhood best friends. Um, we're still friends today. Her name's Gemma. And when we were kids, Great name. her older sister, Anne, was diagnosed with childhood leukemia. But no worries. She's all in remission mm-hmm. now. She's doing very, very well. Good, good. Um, but she met this girl, Molly, through another family. And they're LDS because we're from Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, the Petersons and they knew this girl named Molly and she was from England and she moved to the somewhere in the Midwest. I can't quite remember. And basically they started chatting her and Anne online, became really good friends. And she ended up coming out to Salt Lake for 
one of those like childhood cancer walk things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the BYU um, university lacrosse team was like her, represented her oh. and Anne, which was pretty cool. Um, she stayed at their house and slept over and they were really close and bonded a lot over both having childhood mm-hmm. cancer and leukemia. Yeah. And it was like, just like a really awesome thing. And so when I was in, me and Gemma were in ninth grade. Um, she was a bone marrow match for and so she donated. Aww. And during that time, yeah, it was really sweet. Molly's parents like reached out to Anne and Gemma's mom through social media and were like, We're no, you're like having a hard time. Like we're here for you. And it was just like a really nice supportive thing. So this all happened around like 2013 to mm-hmm. 2017. Flash forward to 2020, uh, the Petersons, the other family, were scrolling through their Facebook, you know, as mm-hmm. a lot of people were doing at that time. And they come across this account under the name Alexis, but the picture is of Molly. And so they're really confused. So mm-hmm. they start investigating and they basically find out that it, it is her, like the pictures are her, uh-huh. but the name is not her and that she had lied about her identity. <gasps> Yeah. So basically, she lied about being British uh-huh. and faked her accent to them the entire what? time she knew them. Oh my God! And um, she was about five years older than she originally <gasps> told them that she was. So she wasn't a teenager. What? Um, she claimed she was around Anne's age, and Anne was 15 when she was diagnosed, and she was not 15 at that time. Um, For those of you who can't do math, that's 20 years old. She's 20 years old in this situation. Yeah, she's 20 years old in this situation. Um, But the worst part is she never had cancer. No! Of course, of course. And yeah, it was really awful. So the Petersons called her and confronted her about it. They were like, hey, like we found this account. Like, is this you? Like, what's up? And apparently she was like going between her British accent and her (gasps) actual like American accent. And they said they never felt that she like regretted it or felt any remorse at all. And they've never spoken to her again. Oh my God. This is like the Manti Teo documentary, but like not Mm -hmm. famous version of it. This is so bonkers. There's so much that I'm shocked about. Like pretending to be a teenager when you're an adult just feels really, I don't know why that is upsetting to me. That feels so fucking creepy. It's just, it's the same as whenever I hear like a, like a 20 year old date, like a teenager in high school. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's what really, was, what's going nuts. on? Like, like, it's not like it's like you're yeah, you definitely are closer in age. But really, though, <laughs> yeah, Seriously. like the second yeah. I got out of high school, the desire to talk to somebody still in high school jumped <laughs> out of my body. I had <laughs> I, I had no intention to ever talk to anyone younger than me and still in school the second I got out of it. Yes. So crazy. You know what, Alexis? You have a skill set that. uh not many people have. And the commitment to a lie that is unnecessary. That's the crazy part. Yeah. yeah. Like this was years, like years. You said four years. Oh my fucking yeah. God. That was four years of her mm-hmm. pretending to be a British person with leukemia. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think anyone ever gave her money or anything. Wait, so she just did this for nothing? I guess just just to lie to people and get get wow. their maybe their sympathy from like being like oh I have yeah. a child with leukemia I'm a kid with leukemia people felt bad for her 
Wow. See, this is why I, that's why I don't approve of method acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is why this is why I don't trust it as an art form. <laughs> <laughs> Character actors are are the better <laughs> better way yes. to go. Wow, Nicole, that was that's so good. That was heroin. I love that. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You almost I now have a small desire to go to Salt Lake City to see what the tea is <laughs> yeah. between the housewives <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, come on over and the, and the cons. And well, it's like, it's not even a con. It's just it's the weirdest catfish, non-sexual catfish I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that wording. It's the weirdest non-sexual catfish. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that tale, Nicole. That was so wonderful. Thank so you. So good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is so, I'm just like that. I can see that being a limited series. We should have a counter now uh, of like certain kind of gossips that we get. We get, we gotten a couple of cancer ones. Wow. So some adultery. A lot of uh, people leaving poop somewhere and uh, not claiming it. <laughs> like there's like there's 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 categories. I'm gonna go through and probably figure it out. Wow. And like do tallies and to start seeing what kind of gossip. <laughs> but I'm, I cannot mention your new show because it is it is so fun. It's based off of your you and your actual brother's relationship, right? Yeah, it's inspired by that. So yeah, my brother is currently running for re-election in Ohio. Ah. I know. I know. Congrats I'm- to him because that is a that is the battlefield of a state. It's so hard. And of course, when you're you're a local politician, you also have a day job. So he works at a nonprofit, too, as well. So he's just like truly the best man. Yes, he's like the best person. But yeah, I think one of the things is like as much as like, you know, for me, Sex and the City is canon. I actually just rewatched Sex and the City um, from Mm -hmm. beginning to season six, then of season six when she gets with back with Big. And like, even though I love those kinds of shows, I felt like every show about a woman in her 30s is like, is she going to get married? Is she going to become a mom? Is she going to get the house? And like, so for me, I really wanted the central focus of Everything's Trash to be sibling love, familial love. And so it really is that relationship between Phoebe and Jaden, who's played by Jordan Carlos. and Who is a blessing of a person. He's so sweet. He's the sweetest human being. I love him. Actually, the whole cast is sweet human beings. It really is. That makes me happy. There's not not a mean person that I can recognize that has been on the show. Absolutely. Everyone's been great. And so I really just wanted to kind of show a show where a black woman's messy. Mm -hmm. But she has confidence in herself, because I feel like a lot of times if there is a messy female character, she's mm-hmm. either depressed or she's self-destructive or she doesn't like herself. And Phoebe Hill loves herself. Even if she like messes up, she's like, I'm still a great person. You know what I mean? I just think that that's kind of yeah. like I think it's revolutionary to be a woman of color who just likes herself. Mm-hmm. And has joy in her own life. I still think that's something that's not shown enough in TV. And so I oh. just kind of wanted to do that. And that's actually, it's it's refreshing and also visually well done too. Your hair in it is, I, you've always been good at style. Thank you. And I think with every step of success, you've gotten better and better at it. Oh yeah. I remember when I was in college and I would like, 
get like the Intamin's like four cinnamon rolls from like C-Town, which is like a very mediocre sort of grocery store near my near my dorm. And then I would get like a copy of Vogue and Style Magazine, Essence, Marie Claire. And I would just like read those magazines and just sort of like digest fashion. Mm-hmm. I really just wanted to have fun with it. And I think as... I've gotten deeper in my career. I'm definitely sort of like, yeah, well, just fucking go for it and have have a ball, you know? Like, I remember so many of the outfits that you've worn over time, and I'm always still like, damn, I need to one-up it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Phoebe, you are truly always going to be a star. And I'm so happy you came on my little podcast. <laughs> and it's I'm always, always happy, happy to see you. <laughs> it's so fun. It's not a little podcast. It is. You just feel good the whole time. You're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I look, well, I, I feel good because the people I bring on make me feel good. So I'm glad I created that kind of space. Thanks for having me. And <laughs> if I ever get married, good Lord, I hope I like, like the person. <laughs> I, uh, I hope I don't. I want that divorce. <laughs> Thank you to the incredible, the wonderful, the talented, the brilliant Phoebe Robinson for joining me on today's episode. Make sure to read her collection of essays. Please don't sit on my bed in your outside clothes. And be sure to check out her new show, Everything's Trash, streaming on Hulu right now. As always, if you want to tell your story on the juice, send them in by visiting teamcoco.com slash heyjuice. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us all those stars. It makes a big difference, and I truly appreciate it. And thank you again for listening. And as always, have a juicy day. This has been a Team Coco production. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.